0: Position's very important, isn't it? Well, it's absolutely fantastic to be with you here this morning. Such an important morning, so exciting. The family's on a move with God together, new people, things happening. Great faithfulness of God, gifting that is not dying, but is going to be even more fruitful in what God's going to do with you guys. So exciting. And if you're a guest here this morning, um, I'm really glad because I'm a guest here as well. So we'll be guests together. And the great thing is that we're all guests in God's presence. That's really exciting. And uh, I want to bring greetings to you uh, uh, from Austin in Texas. I'm sorry that I didn't come with the accent as well. If you were expecting that, I'm really sorry because I come to you from Austin via Woking, uh, just up the road. (laughs) Where I was saved in the year 2000 under Malcolm's ministry. So it's brilliant to be here with Malcolm and Pam as well, and also Andrew and Emma, who now look after us out there in Austin. And also, of course, with Nathan uh, and Jules, who we just love so much, and charting their journey of God's faithfulness in their lives. Brilliant to see young people and all ages here this morning joining with Jesus, our hero, because he's a hero, isn't he? On a mission. And this morning, we're going we going to be thinking about Jesus the hero. We're going to be thinking about what he does in people's lives when he breaks in and encounters people. And he did that in my life in the year 2000. And so what I'd like you to do is open your Bibles to Luke and chapter 7. Luke and chapter 7. And if you're here and you have not got a Bible, that's okay because the words are going to come up on the screen. Luke and chapter 7, while you're doing that I want to bring greetings from other people in Austin, there are people here uh, in Austin that are praying for us today, they won't be praying right at the moment because they might be in bed still. Uh, But they have been praying yesterday, they send their love and they'll be praying for us for the rest of today and all we do and all we share and enjoy together. So please do know there are people there that love you and they're praying about you here today and all that we're doing in Austin. God's on the move in Austin in Texas and God is also on the move in Alton and that's very exciting in 2018. It's brilliant. So let's read together. Luke uh, chapter 7 and verse 36. The woman who comes uh, to the feet of Jesus. Let's read God's word and let it do a work in your heart this morning. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith Has saved you. Go in peace. Wow, it's a snapshot in history, a moment. In time, one day, 2,000 years ago, where Jesus broke into the life of one person, one single person in the mass of humanity that has lived through the ages, one single person, and God sees fit that we would know the story of one single person here in Alton in 2018, one single person. That's all it took for God to break into, to say, I want them to hear about this woman in Alton in 2018. The Bible is a story. The Bible is God's story. It's God's story from beginning to end. It's not just the Jesus bit that is God's story, because the Jesus bit stretches out across the entire Bible. All of the Bible is Jesus' story, and all of the Bible is God's story. Because in the beginning, God made everything. It's part of His story, and He made it for Jesus, and through Jesus, and because of Jesus. That's why He made it, and that's what He did. And it's God who's going to end things. In fact, end is the wrong word, He's going to continue things. There is no end to the Bible. It continues into the future because Jesus is going to remake the heavens and the earth. We don't all live in heaven together for eternity. We're going to populate a new heavens and a new earth and it will be glorious and there will be no pain and no brokenness. There will be no hardship. There will only be God and his love and we will see by the light that emanates from the glory of Jesus. Can you understand that? No, nor can I. We will see by the light that emanates from the glory of the person of Jesus. There will be no sun and moon. That boggles our minds. That this glorious God who emanates actual light will by it enable us to see everything. And now in Alton in 2018, we see everything else in our lives by the person of Jesus. By the light of the person of Jesus. As we encounter Jesus and he draws us in and accepts us into his presence and his friendship and his relationship, we begin to see life in a new way. Stuff happens. It's a remarkable thing. And before that, we're less kind of broken people. And we can have either, we can have an unhealthy view of who we are. We can either have a very low view of who we are. Or I'm worthless, I'm not worth very much. Nobody would like me. I'm not really worth anything. I'm just there to be trodden on. Well, that's not very healthy. Or we can have an overly high view of who we are. The world revolves around me. Everything orbits around me. I'm the center of it. I'm ever so important. Well, that's equally unhealthy when we have a God who wants to show us a snapshot of how he breaks into one person's life and encounters them and changes us this morning. That's what he wants to do. And I'd like to introduce you to this morning, a very, very important person. Can we have the first slide, please? Because I wonder whether you know who she is. I'd like to introduce her to you this morning. This is Anna Bullis. Do you know Anna Bullis? There's no reason particularly why you might know, although she is becoming to be more well-known Around the country and around the nation and the world. This is Anna Bullis. And she's a very, very clever person. Anna Bullis is very, very clever. See, she's a designer. She's a creator. She's ever so clever as Anna Bullis. She really is. Because she makes these. Can we have the next slide, please? There she makes those. Wellington boots. They're good, aren't they? Wellington boots. Aren't they brilliant? That's what Anna Bullis designs and creates and manufactures, and she's getting more well-known for it. Can we have the next slide, please? Because she makes these too. These doors, they're good, aren't they? It's a doorstop. Would you like one of those? An Anna Bullis doorstop. That's what you could have today if you wanted it. Aren't they good? She's a very, very clever person, is Anna Bullis. And she makes these as well. Can we have the next slide? There you are. She makes these to-go cups. That's what we call them in Austin. Is that what you call them in Alton, a to-go cup? Yeah, so to-go cup. So next time you're in your favourite coffee shop, and you might get given an Annabullis cup, that would be fun, wouldn't it? You could go out uh, to do the rest of your day. So oh, I've got an Annabullis cup. There you are. She makes those, is not she? Clever. Well, okay. It's perhaps not what Annabullis makes that's very clever, more than what Annabullis makes them from. Because this is what Anna Bullis makes all these things from. Can we have the next slide, please? Now, one of you clever people are telling me what this is. Who's a clever person? Who can see what this is? One of you young people. Go on, what is it? Gum. It's well done. you say a special certificate to you today. It's chewing gum. Anna Bullis makes all these items. That's woken you up, hasn't it? Anna Bullis makes all these items out of, listen, used, or should we say formally used... Chewing gum. Previously used chewing gum. Yes, she does. She creates all these things. And I can assure you that the chewing gum is washed before it's made into something else. So now, there are those of you now who, are, can we go back to the next slide? I think it's the cups again. So next time you go to your favourite coffee shop and you get offered the Anna used chewing gum cup, what are you going to think about that? There's one or two of you here that this morning are saying, yes, come on, bring it on. Give me the anabolous used chewing gum cup. Especially you young people out there, you're fearless. And you say, I'll put my lips on the anabolous used chewing gum cup. And there's others of you this morning right now that are saying, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. In fact, it's going to put me off my lunch. I don't think I can ever eat another thing. Well, don't be put off your lunch. We're going to enjoy that. But that's why anabolous is clever. Now, next slide, please. It, now, that you might be wondering how she collects all the chewing gum. Well, that's how she collects them. They're in university campuses, and there's these little pink containers, which are made of, of course, used chewing gum, previously used chewing gum, and the students put their used chewing gum inside the used chewing gum cup container, and they're taken and made into those objects. Isn't she clever? Next slide, please. Thank you. Jesus takes people and he does something with them. He takes previously used people. In one of the prayers we had just now referred to the fact that God takes stones and he does something with them. He takes previously used people and he turns them into something else. And he did that in my life, in Woking, in, in the year 2000. At a meeting very similar to this. And at the end of this meeting, there'll be one or two people here this morning who've not had a moment where you've connected, really, with God in your life. And this will be your moment to connect with Jesus and there'd be others here that have had many times when you've connected with Jesus, connected with Jesus. But this morning you've been thinking my relationship with him is a bit cold. It's a bit distant. It's a little bit distant. If you met a married couple and they'd not spoken to each other for 40 years, you wouldn't expect them to know each other very well. You'd think, well, that's a bit of a strange relationship. Well, so too with our relationship with God. If we've not communed with him for many years, it's going to be cold and we're not going to recognize him. And one of the things he wants us to see in Luke chapter 7 is that he encounters individual people and he does something with them in their lives. And he connects them then into community and they go on to be super fruitful in the community and in the context in which they live and work. That's what he does. That's what he's doing in this woman's life. In fact, he goes around uh, in, in his teaching a little bit later in, the, in, in Luke in chapter 15 and he tells three stories about connecting with people. He tells the story of a lost sheep, and another one of a lost coin, and another one of a lost son. And in each of the three stories, uh, he, each one of the three stories, uh, someone is going out to find something or someone that is lost. So in the story of the lost sheep, the shepherd who is Jesus goes out to find one single sheep who is missing, just like we've got one single woman in this story who is missing, just like you're one single person in Alton who might be missing or who might have a cold relationship with God that needs to be reconnected today. And then in the story of the lost coin, we have a woman who again symbolizes Jesus and she loses one of her coins and she goes everywhere looking Looking for the coin and eventually she finds it and she says call the neighbors rejoice with me and in the same way all the angels in heaven rejoice over one single person who was lost and is found who was lost and is found and then in the story of the lost son the son decides to turn his back on the father And that's what I did in my life. And then the son, the father welcomes him back as he comes back with his arms open. And that's what he does for you. And that's what he does for me when we run back into his arms, you young people. It's what he does. He's a wonderful father. He's a great God. And he gives us a single snapshot of one woman's life to show us that he is not just a God of words. He is a God of actions. Now I'm going to pick out just two or three things before we finish. Out of this story that will help us see the sort of saviour that we've got today. And will help us see the sort of people that we are in Alton in 2018. As we march on as a church together into this great community. Seeing lives changed and people saved and added. The first thing is this. That she comes to Jesus as God. She comes to Jesus as God. So in verses 37 and 38, 36 through to 38, she comes to Jesus because he's God. She hears The passage says she hears that he's there and she goes to find him. She hears that he's in town. What did that look like? Well, of course, we don't exactly know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But we can guess certain things. She'd obviously heard something about Jesus, else she wouldn't be there. She'd heard that he'd gone around healing people, that he'd gone around forgiving sins, that he'd gone around feeding people when they had no food. Many, many people. He was doing things only God can do. He had the authority of God. So she comes to Jesus. She didn't know the full story because he'd not gone to the cross yet. And he'd not risen from the grave yet. She didn't know everything, but she knew something about Jesus. And that might be where you are today. And she comes to the feet of Jesus in this very hostile environment. She comes to him and she's got eyes only for him because he is God. She comes to him expecting him to be God. Hey, you're my last hope, Jesus. If you can't pull this out of the bag, nothing can. No one can. If you can't do it, it's over. If God doesn't exist, it's all lost. But God does exist and he's demonstrated himself in the person of Jesus. And she comes to Jesus as God. She has a huge expectation of who Jesus is. Do you have a huge expectation of who Jesus is? Individually and as a church? Do you cultivate your relationship with Jesus? I'd love to ask you that today. It's a serious question. Are you cultivating your relationship with Jesus? Are you coming to him as God? Now, I know we live busy lives. I totally understand that. I get all that. Yes, we live busy lives, but if we want to grow in relationship with anyone, it has to be cultivated. If you want to grow a plant in a greenhouse, it needs to be tended over and cultivated. So I really want to encourage you this morning, cultivate your relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? Well, meet him in his word. This is God's word. It's not just any old book, it's God's word. Meet him in there. Meet him in prayer. Meet him as you're driving along in the car. Meet him in the things that you're doing. Allow God to penetrate and wash your life such that your relationship with him is permanently cultivated. She also meets him when the going is tough. Because you may be here this morning and say, Well, it's I, I get it. It's all right for all those people where life's fantastic and they're just going on and everything's wonderful. I understand. It's all right for them. Well, it wasn't all right for this woman. Life wasn't fantastic. Life was far from fantastic. In fact, life was dreadful. How's life for you today? You're not in a room full of people, if I can just talk to you now for a moment, you're not in a room full of people who've got fantastic lives and everything is all smooth. One of the great privileges of church life is that you get to see the struggles of other people's lives and it humbles you, not to mention working through your own struggles. This isn't a room of people who've all got it sorted. It's a people who've come to a living God who's got it sorted. That's the God who we love. That's the God who we worship. How's your life today? How's your life today? Well, you're in exactly the right place to meet with God today. Isn't that fantastic? She came to him despite what life was like. In fact, she came to him because of what life was like, actually. And she came to him as God. He's the living God. She had expectation of Jesus the next thing is this. She found that love is an action. In verse 38, Jesus receives her. Jesus receives her. The others would just shun her away. Jesus just allows her. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus just allows her to be there. He's not embarrassed by her. He's not. He's not embarrassed. He's not like, oh, you know, oh gosh, who's this here? He just welcomes her. It's one of the most beautiful stories you can read. Because the living God, who's alive now, receives this woman into her presence and allows her to worship him. He was worthy to receive the worship of this woman and all of us here today in Alton in 2018. Jesus moves towards her, if you like. It's an amazing moment in the history of the world where God shows that he's not just a God of word, but he is. But he's also a God of action. He's a God of action. He moves towards her. And then he says this amazing thing. This totally incredible thing. Um, he says to her in verse 48, your sins are forgiven. And then in verse 50, he says, go in peace. Go in peace. He receives her and his message for her is that go in peace. How can he do that? How can he do that? Well, he can do that because he's the God who's about to do something much greater. He knows her deepest need. He knows her longing and her crying. And he knows that he's about to do something that's going to really blow her mind. You see, Jesus is going to go all the way to a cross. He's going to go all the way and give it all because he's a God of action, not just word. He's a God that shows you his love today. So if you're here today and things are not excellent, or if you're here today and things are excellent, he's still the same God. And he still goes to the cross to you for you because your greatest need is God. And my greatest need is God. It doesn't matter how things are going. That's got nothing to do with anything. It's our need that Jesus does something about. And Jesus goes all the way to a cross And he goes all the way and he hangs on a cross naked. And where this woman knew shame of the people that were like spitting at her and mocking her. He had people who were spitting at him and mocking him in in an even greater way. They all looked at her and said, she's filth. She's disgusting. This woman that's come to your feet. She's filth. She's scum. This woman, she's revolting. If I had my way, she'd be out of here and nowhere near here. She's filth. And Jesus says, come. She comes to Jesus despite everything. And Jesus goes to the cross despite everything. And Jesus doesn't have a room full of people who are spitting at him and mocking him. Jesus has a world that is spitting at him and mocking at him. He has a humanity that is spitting at him and mocking him. Because that's the saviour who is going to save a broken world. And as the world spits and mocks at Jesus, and I did that in my life before I came to know him. For me, Jesus was a word I said more than even any Christian say the name of Jesus in the course of the day. But that was because it was a swear word, a disgusting word, a word of mockery. And then i met by the living Savior, much like this woman in my life. Who welcomes me and draws me and says I'm going to hang on a cross and take the spitting and the judgment and the mockery of all humanity. I'm going to take it for you because it's the only way to release you. So that I can come to your your life Uh, in Alton in 2018 and say your sins are forgiven and go in peace. Can you imagine what it must be like to have the living God of all creation say to you, go in peace. Go in peace. No, nor can I. Nor can I. Imagine the living God who made everything says to comes to you this morning and says, Go in peace. You know, like not just like he didn't just say to her, like, you know, oh, pull yourself together like he's a self-help thing seven steps to something Here's a book, go and read it. He says, no, your sins are forgiven, go in peace. Not just like, you know, okay, circumstantially, things that might be a little bit better for a few moments because I'm in the presence of this really nice man. Oh no, I'm in the presence of the creator and peace has come into my life. Like peace that's like really deep down, guttural, right in the center, the core of my being because I've been met By the saviour of the world. And he said to me, everything's cleansed. Everything's transformed. Go in peace. Go in peace. And she goes in peace despite whatever else is going on in her life. The circumstances are still the same, right? She's still got to walk back out the door and face the stuff, right? You know the stuff, come on, you know the stuff, we've all got stuff. She's still got to face it. The stuff is still there. The point is, she has been changed in the stuff. It's not that Jesus said, wait here, I'll go out and deal with all the stuff, then I'll come back in and chat to you. No, he changes her and says, go back out as a new person into the stuff and be a follower of mine. And the amazing thing is that as we go back out into the stuff, the stuff often gets smoother and straighter because a new person has taken over our lives. We've asked to be filled with God's spirit and now he walks with us in the most beautiful, intimate, companionship way, a fatherly way, a brotherly way, a sisterly way, every way you can imagine and the stuff begins to straighten out. This is the God who meets us where we are and transforms us. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the good news of the whole Bible is not your opinion of God. So if you're here wrestling with God this morning, say, oh, I wonder what he's really like. I'm going through all the philosophy and trying to understand and wrestle with the person of God. The gospel is not your opinion of God. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is God's opinion of you. And this is what he says about you this morning. I know all the stuff. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I know you intimately and I'm still prepared to come and know you. Someone said, well, a friend is someone who knows you and still loves you. Well, Jesus, therefore, is the greatest friend there could ever be because he really knows you. Not just like even a friend would know you. No, he really knows you. Like in deep in here. And he's still prepared to love you. It's a beautiful story. It's a snapshot in time where God moves in and makes a difference. He breaks in and everything changes in this woman's life. Incidentally... It's worth just noting out of this story, the woman came to Jesus despite the mockery, despite everything else. Sometimes when we're out there in the world, it's easy to follow Jesus here this morning. But when we're out in the world, it's not quite so easy. But she followed, she came to Jesus despite what people said around her. Sometimes you have to stand up and be counted. It's not easy to follow Jesus In our workplace, in your friendship groups and everything else. But God is faithful. She came to Jesus despite everything else. And he transformed her life despite everything else. It's a beautiful story. It's the magnificent gospel of a God who changes everything. And this morning, I think he wants to write new stories. This is the story of a woman's life. The Bible is the story of God's story. Sometimes you might be, you might be thinking, well, how do I get value? How do I get value? Can I have that sweatshirt? Because this is a great example of how God gives value. This, this sweatshirt, I'll tell you, is worth a fortune in Austin. Look at that. Look at, now I'm, I really like that. It, this is the symbol of the Texas Longhorns. Do you like that? It's the Texas Longhorns. Now, it's the sports team of the University of Texas. 80,000 people at University of Texas, and their sports team is called the Longhorns. And there you are on this sweatshirt, and 100,000 people pack into their stadium. This is college sport, and go and watch it. And it's televised, and millions watch it. So when Nathan wears this sweatshirt in Alton, probably people just look at him twice and don't think anything of it. But if he wears this in, in Austin, they'd be, they'd be doing this. That's the Longhorns sign. They'd be going, go Longhorns, go Longhorns. That's what they do. I know it sounds silly, but that's what they do. Go Longhorns. That's what they do. But if you walk in another town, isn't that right, Jules, in, in America with this on, they may not go, go Longhorns because they've got their own team that they support. So they might say, whoa, you know, keep away from us. In its own right, this, this sweatshirt is just a sweatshirt. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an item of clothing. But it's got a symbol on it. The symbol on it gives it meaning. It's given meaning by something else. In this case, it's the football team of the, Texas, of the Longhorns, Texas Longhorns. It's given meaning and value as a sweatshirt by something else. God allows this woman to come into his life, break into his personal space and give her meaning. The meaning in your life is given as a gift from God. It's when you come to know him that you suddenly understand what value is and what meaning is. That we don't get our meaning anymore from shopping and eating and 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 cars and jobs and money and houses and you know, girlfriend or boyfriend these sorts of issues we don't get our value from these. A so lot of those are great to have, but they don't give us value and meaning. What gives us value and meaning is to be found by God, to be found by God. And God wants to find people. This morning we're going to finish in just a few minutes. Can we have the band? Is there a song? Can we have the band? Will they play? Because this morning I'd like to to pray over people. And I know there's ministry team is there who will pray over people as well. Because there's people here this morning and your relationship with God has just gone a bit dry and a bit cold. And that's okay. God is in the business of meeting you this morning. And as soon as the band starts to play, I'd like you to come out and we're going to pray over you this morning. There may be people here who have never, ever met with Jesus this morning. Please come forward and be met by the living God. The band are going to lead us in a song. But while they're doing that, I want you to come forward. And there's others of you here who know that God is writing new stories. He's writing a new story in your life. And he's writing a new story in the life of Alton and the life of this church in Alton in 2018 and beyond and this morning you'd like to say to God hey write me into this story as well I'm part of this story do your great work in my life and in this uh, great town of Alton in 2018 are you okay band with a song in that So let's stand, let's sing, let's respond to this. And I'd like to ask people to come out right now. Let's be quick because I know that children have got to be picked up. If you'd like to be prayed for this morning, come forward and we want to pray for you right now. Just come out quickly. Well done. Bless you. Come out. God wants to meet with you this morning. Just come out wherever you are. Are there ministry team people that can come and pray with us? Are there people that can come and pray? We've got ladies that can pray with this dear lady, these dear ladies here. Well done. Bless you.